everybody, this is Jack Graham, along with my co-host and Vice President of Technology, John Peterson, down <laughs> in Portland, Oregon area. John, I just sit here and talk. John is the genius behind yeah, the Yeah, you, you make me do all the work. As well as, uh, as being a pretty good photographer, too. Yeah. So it's all good. Anyhow, um, it's good to be back with everybody, and today we have a special guest um, kind of in a in a in in a little bit of a series that we're doing on some um, photographers slash workshop leaders that um, that that you should know about um, that are here in today's uh, today's world. And I was introduced to Peter Lero through a, a dear friend of mine, Ken Smith. And Peter's with us today. Welcome, Peter, from outside of Philly, correct? Yes, that is correct. Thank you for having me. So Peter is, uh, is uh, <laughs> Peter does some really neat stuff. And uh, I thought it'd be good to get Peter on the podcast here because he does some stuff very different than what John and I do. We're, we're pretty calm in what we do. We do sunrises and sunsets. Peter's a little more adventuresome. Anyhow, Peter, welcome. And uh, could you... Um, start off maybe just give everybody a little little uh, short little bio yes uh, my name is peter lara i live right outside philadelphia pennsylvania uh, i got my start in photography in an eighth grade class trip to the world trade center uh back in 1999 uh, i went to the top of the building and uh had a little throwaway kodak camera and didn't like the pictures so my dad got me uh, started teaching me how to use his old uh Minolta 1970s SLR camera. So it was all film. SRT slide film. 101. The, what's that? SRT 101 or a 102? That I don't remember. I'd have to. It's yeah. somewhere in his basement. I have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it, was, it was all manual, everything, the whole nine yards. So I uh, started going with that. And then I uh, went to college, um, got a degree in uh, photography and video production. And. Um, Started working full time as a freelance photographer for a number of different companies, and um, started running my own photography photo shoots and workshops in uh, around 2006, and um, the various different subjects. And um, it's 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 been quite the ride, uh, meeting a lot of nice people, doing really cool things, and getting some really cool pictures along the way. So, you, so Peter, you've been uh, you've been leading workshops for a little while. What? How, how long? Have, how long have you been doing that? I started doing railroad photo shoots uh, for small groups of guys in 2006. Uh, about 2010, I started doing uh, lighthouses and landscapes, and about 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, I started doing the aviation photo shoots. Yeah. And there's also been a whole bunch of the. Uh, Historic reenactments started around 2015, 2016, working with uh, World War II reenactors, uh, Civil War, uh, Cowboys. Uh, we've done photo shoots with uh, a couple of families on the Navajo reservations out in Monument Valley, and I've become good friends with them. So it's 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 grown, you know, in the, in the last five, six years, it's really grown a lot more uh, working with uh, reenactors and people and more subjects. You know, one of the things, John, that, you know, I often uh, often tell folks is to try to be different, you know, mm -hmm. and 
tried to, uh, you know, if you look at so many people, and, and you know, I, I, you know, I guess for a while, um, you know, we were in the same group. You know, we'd all run into the same people at the same places. You know, it's the Palouse in the spring, and you know, the Southwest here, and you know, everybody's doing the same kind of thing. So to to be different is really important, um, and and it's important for your your customers too, because I think the customers are looking for things that you know are not kind of out of the out of the box a little bit. And I was going to say before, John, when you know. You look at John and I. We're we're. You know, I won't speak for John, but I'm ancient, and John's John's slowly becoming ancient. And you know, we look at at, at folks, Peter, like you. I believe you're in your mid thirties. Am I correct? Thirty-seven. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, Yogi Berra said, "Your future's ahead of you." Yeah, and you can keep doing what you're doing. I think you're going to have a very successful future. Well, speaking. Of, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was, you know, speaking about that being unique and being different, Peter. Why don't you Why don't you talk a little bit about expand a little bit more about those reenactments and some of the historical stuff that you do? Because um, that that really drew my attention in and really fascinated me mm-hmm. with the amount of work and prep that you do to put on these uh, experiences for people. Mm-hmm. So um, I love photographing history. I've always loved history my whole life. And not being able to be access to a real-time machine, it's it's fun to recreate it and take pictures. And having a, um, a background in um, film production from college, kind of like knowing how to produce an event and putting that together with the photography aspect, um, it's like, let, let's put together a a small production where instead of like one guy like Steven Spielberg's filming it, let's get six to 10 guys together, split the, you know, they, they put the money in, we split the cost of it. And, um, we create our own movie shoot essentially. Um, and going into it, I, I met some really good guys that, and women that they take it very seriously in the authenticity of their, um, of their impressions. Um, and seeing the difference between what they do versus what, you know, you may find, you know, I don't want to say off the street, but someone who just puts $20 into their outfit, it's definitely not a Halloween adventure outfit. This is the real clothing, the real production stuff. And it really shows, um, and having, getting people that exactly know how the right hairdos, the right clothing, makeup, it, it really makes a difference. And, um, uh, one of the things we really emphasize on is the World War II era in 1940s. Um, I'm actually part of a reenactment group. They kind of sucked me into it. And um, just learning the history behind, you know, each of the impressions is very important. Um, when I start, we start getting into, let's say, like the Army Air Force. Um, I can't just show up with a group of photographers and say, go. Um, I put a lot of time in doing the research myself to learn the history of, which plane are we going to shoot? What kind of outfits are they wearing? What would they have been doing? Um, what are the correct positions and such? So that way, uh, my job is to create scenes and have the photographers take pictures that even a historian would look at and really question, is that modern or is that an historic picture? That's what we're going for, is to create scenes that are so accurate that you can't tell the difference. Because um, the guys that are signing up for this know the difference a lot of times, and they want to get that real authentic experience of being almost immersed in a time machine, essentially. Um, 
same thing as with the, like the Civil War, if we're going to do the 1880s or 1950s, whatever we're going to photograph, I put a lot of time into doing the research and making sure whatever we're going to have in our scene is going to be correct. Because the last thing you want to do is find out, you know, down the road, like, oh, well, that building or that outfit isn't correct for that scene or that airplane would never have had that guy with that type of vest on. So you, you don't want to find those things out the hard way especially if it's one of those chance of a lifetime, we'll never get these things together again. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you get it right the first time. And um, it, it certainly is a ton of preparation work that goes into it. Um, I lead some landscape photography shoots and some other stuff that are essentially, they're easier to put together ahead of time because you don't need to get all these reenactors and such to be put together. Um, but I, I really enjoy putting these together and, when it all comes together and we get the great pictures, it's all worth being able to create the time machine effect. Hmm. Man, I tell you, you know, I imagine, though, well, I think you made a good point that you probably have you, some of your clients, they, they know what to expect. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you're not delivering, mm-hmm. you know, then they're going to not be, A, they're not going to be happy, and B, they're going to find somebody that does, you know. So, right. And, and we try to raise the bar every time, and we keep raising it and raising it. It's like, what am I going to do next to to make this go? So, um, I mean, we always we always manage to do something different and make it more fun. Um, as far as I know, there's really not that many groups at all that are doing, you know, these historic reenactments the way we're doing them. Um, there's a couple of groups that do some train stuff, but they don't bring in as many of the. Uh, the antique cars or, you know, people dressed up and so forth. They kind of just take the pictures of the trains themselves. And same thing with the, um, into the military stuff. They'll just take pictures of the planes and that's it. Whereas we're, we're getting a full, you know, flight crew, appropriate numbers, full, appropriately dressed and creating the time machine effect. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's fascinating that, yeah, that, um, you know, that someone goes to that, that amount of trouble to deliver such a good product, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would think that, you know, again, this is what's going to separate Peter Franklin's going to separate you from the pack, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I have to believe that, that there's a number of people like everything else trying to get in into doing what you're doing. But if you're delivering this, this level of product that's it's, it's a good thing you, you should have you should have success now it's just a matter of getting the word out i guess yeah I, I i appreciate that and yeah i have a lot of repeat customers. i say most of the guys that sign up they do multiple ones every year um but with that said is i try to do more of these got to find more people that want to do them because i can't rely on the same guys to do them each each time we do it because it, it just becomes financially uh, you know too much for some people right so um it is a very small niche out there, whereas, you know, most photographers, oh, I would love to go shoot some landscape. But how many guys do you know are going to want to strap in a harness and hang out the back of an airplane me, at 3,000? Me, John, me, so. me. John's one, maybe. Yeah, you know. Good client for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. John's independently wealthy. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm living in an apartment. Like, um, he made the ski just by the damn planes to be done with it. Well, you know, it's and, it's more than just it's more 
you know, even landscape, I'll speak for myself, even more than just landscape and nature, which is where my passion, but it's, it's it really anything that interests me. It's shape, pattern, texture, color, it's scenes, it's ambiance, it's, you know, I'll photograph whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a steam train aficionado, but seeing your pictures and what you're delivering to your clients gets me excited about storytelling. You know, and that's that's the other thing that's uh, th- that I'm really big on in my photography these days is is telling a story, and uh, that's what you enable your clients to do is to really tell stories through their images. Thank you, and 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 I I love history, and I love being able to bring photographers together so they can tell stories together. Um, one of the things I really look forward to, not only just the photo shoot, but when we all go out to dinner afterwards every night, we just have a couple beers and just talk about where we've been, what we've seen, who we know. Yeah. And it it becomes a very good camaraderie between all the photographers. Um, And that's how I got to be friends with Ken Smith, who you know as as a friend as well. And and that was just not only just because he came out as a customer on a photo shoot, it's because we went out and had a couple of drinks together afterwards and got to talking and like, oh, we really like this, we like that, and share ideas. Ken's an amazing trade photographer. Oh, yeah. And I was just with him. You know, a few weeks ago in Colorado, he was on one of my railroad shoots. Uh, we were shooting the narrow-gauge steam locomotives out in the uh, Aspen San Juan Mountains and uh, got some spectacular stuff. And um, But, you know, we, we, we talk outside of, you know, him being a customer. We, we chat all the time, and yeah. and uh, he, he's branching out. He's doing his own stuff with his Model A, doing his uh, Depression-era stuff. He's getting some really good stuff. Yeah. So, But, um, but I've, I've been lucky to be able to meet guys from all over the world that go on these things and then network through them and meet other new people and it's i love the camaraderie of photography and doing these photo shoots and and just telling stories through the pictures and then as well as hanging out with the people who take the pictures and just becoming friends with people well one of the one of the you know this is certainly not my forte at all but you know one of the things i can probably probably recommend is you know keep preparing <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, and and uh put that time in you know it's human mm-hmm. nature to just want to go and find a train and shoot it and do that but i know you're putting a lot of time in it and and i would keep doing that and 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 you're gonna you know separate yourself from the pack and mm-hmm. watch, um, you know down the road Peter, you could be, you could be, you could be the, 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 uh, I'm trying to think, you could be the Ansel Adams of this, this, uh, this type of photography, because it is unique. I I appreciate that, and it's humbling. I, I, I think as myself as a a little bit shy when it comes to that stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind bringing people out, you know, out in the field and all that, but I, I don't know if I would want to be a celebrity, quote unquote, like that. I, I appreciate <laughs> being able to just go out and not have people, you know, wanting to get autographs or anything. I'm not that kind of attention goer type. Yeah, of person. but you know, the thing is, is that um, how how this business works, and probably John, correct me if I'm wrong, more so than what Peter's doing, is that if you deliver a good product, um, I always tell folks that that your clients will tell 10 people. And if you deliver a half-assed product, you're going to tell a hundred people. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, well, 
And I guess I'm, we're doing something right because, like I said, I got most of my guys keep on coming back for more and more. I, I have some guys that'll do four and five photo shoots a year with me, and and they're they're really good guys. And um, it, and actually, when last year hit last spring, uh, when COVID shut everything down, I had organized a couple of Zoom meetings just for all of us to, you know, have a little slideshow between all of us just to keep in touch with everybody, and that went for like five hours. And we had about 15 of us. And it, it was really good to be able to just keep the camaraderie going and, yep. you know, know yeah. people that, you know, enjoy enjoy what we shoot as, you know, as a group on these photo shoots and, you know, just want to keep the interaction going. And then once we started doing them again late last fall, I mean, it was like we didn't miss a beat, got right back into it. But we were talking before we started recording, Peter, uh, about this this uh, this aviation um uh, workshop, or I, I, I don't even call it a workshop. It's an event mm-hmm. that you have coming up, and what's what's entailed in that. Could you just talk about that for a minute? I think the people listening will yeah. find it. Sure. So it's it's a it's kind of a hybrid. There is a there's a degree of teaching and learning ahead of time, um, especially for the air to air shoot. Uh, but once once the plane engine started, it's we can't stop and you know start monkey with cameras. It's you know, those clocks are running and they're very, very expensive planes to run. I and mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars per hour to put those together. So there's all the prep work has to be done ahead of time. All the teaching, all the anything that all, anything has to be done has to be done ahead of time. Because once we start going up in the air, that's that's it. We only stop for any kind of safety or medical concern. Um, so the air to air shoots. Uh, we got started uh, doing them out the side windows of a C-47, which is a DC-3 military version. And I uh, had a lot of fun doing those with the bombers. Uh, recent FAA rules dictated that we had to change that up a little bit. So now we use um, skydiving planes, miniature like C-130 cargo planes, if you will, where the back door either lifts up or drops down. And we have the fighter planes follow behind us. And... Um, Everything is pre-planned, everything down to the every five-minute mark. Because, um, again, because it's so expensive, we can't get all the planes up in the air and then kind of scratch our heads. Well, what do we do next? Or we can't find this person. It, We have to make sure we're all set up. Um, with the photographers, uh, we had numerous Zoom meetings and even in-person meetings the night before um, going over specific camera settings, um, uh, different strategies of how to focus, how to troubleshoot on the fly because um, again we, we unless there was a medical reason or a safety reason we had to keep on going so if someone was having a camera problem I can't just stop everything it was you know because we're we're going um, and um, the, the safety concerns of us just being there alone we had to have the cameras strapped up to us two different points of, of contact because if one failed we can't have the camera go out the back because it's going to go right into one of the pilot's cockpits and potentially kill them. Um, and with it being windy and noisy, like we were not going to be able to talk to each other at all during the flight because we have two engines in our plane. It's going to be windy. And then we have a fighter plane right behind us as well. So there was going to be no communication at all. So everything had to be done ahead of time. What kind of plane are you in? We were in, a, it's called a sky van. It's a little turboprop, a two engine plane, uh, it's essentially a box with two wings and a back door that everybody jumps out of, um, holds about 15 skydivers. Um, and, um, if you know what a C-130 looks like, yeah, so um, you're strapped in, you're strapped in the back of this plane's wide open. 
Mm-hmm. Am I right? So when we take off, the back door is closed and we're on the long benches. Uh, after we get up to altitude, uh, we already have our harnesses on at this point. Uh, we had our lanyards all preset where we want them to be. Once we get the okay, we stand up, we go to the back, we hook up our harnesses, we get in position, and then I open up the door. And, um, and the fighter plane meets up with us in a couple minutes, and we start shooting. Um, I have a highlight video I can actually send to you. Yes, um, if you want yes, to take please. A look at it. We'll, we'll link that on, yeah. uh, on the show notes for this Appreciate podcast. It. Yeah. So uh, we're, you, have you had your head examined recently? Um, maybe. I, no, I know my family no. members were quite concerned um, when I have little kids, and they're all like, eh, like No, this know, just gets me so excited. It, I'm, it, so, I'm there. So it, the, the joke was when, when we even were climbing on the airplane, you know, first thing in the morning, I started blasting the song Danger Zone, and everyone got a good <laughs> kick of it. And then when the engines start, if you get that good whiff of aviation fuel, we're like, how many people do you have with you? Uh, we, there were seven of us for this. Wow. And you're laying on your belly strapped in with holding, holding a camera. So we were, we had kneeling, we had sitting and kneeling for this. Um, he didn't have to stand at all because everything was going to be just slight, slightly uh, below us when we were shooting. Um, it was it was chilly. It was probably high 40s, low 50s at takeoff. And the temperature drops for every thousand degrees when we were about 3,500 feet up. And it was windy. So, I mean, we were we were double layered up and some people had gloves and all. Um, but, yeah, the, some of the other things, like you couldn't have a loose hat or like a flapped hat. You had to... The glasses had to be strapped on, no sunshades. It was, you know, it, we had to be, you had to be dressed specifically just to do this shoot. What kind mm-hmm. of gear, what kind of camera and lenses are you using? So I used, uh, I had two uh, picture cameras going. I had a D8, Nikon D850 with a 24 to 120 F4 lens. I probably used that about 80 to 90% of the time. And then I had a Nikon D5 with a Tamron 100 to 400 lens on there. Um, we, we weren't specifically sure how close the fire pilots were going to actually get to us. They told us that they would get more close, closer than we wanted them to get. But, you know, just in case we had the long lenses with us. And, um, you know, the 24 to 120, I mean, they, we were wingtip to wingtip on the planes with still some lens to go. It was, they were up really close. And you have another one of these coming up, correct? That, that's correct. We are working on a couple for next spring. Uh, this is down in Virginia Beach at the Military Aviation Museum. Um, this past October, we did the Avenger and Corsair in formation. Next year, we're looking at doing the um, the British Spitfire and the German Messerschmitt 109 in a dogfight scenario. And where so is that? They'll just be fighting each other. This will be down in uh, Virginia Beach as well. Wow. Yeah, the museum owns yeah. all these. Parts. I'm going to start booking my booking my tickets now. I'll be able to drive there, John. Yeah, I know. All right, Jack, and, uh, we're going to drag your ass up in the airplane. So, and and to make it worthwhile for those guys, as well as bringing other people who, who can't afford to do the air-to-air but still want to do other stuff, we'll do a night photo session with the number number of airplanes that run their engines up. Uh, we'll get, like, 20, 30 guys. We'll make, like, a semicircle. Uh, we'll light it up with our LED single-chip lights. And uh, fire department will put some water down. And we fire up the engines for about three to five minutes on each plane. So everybody can get some really nice shots of it. And then we'll get some reenactors together, flight flight uh, 
uh, which we call pilots and such. And then we'll do some pinup stuff with a couple of girls that are dressed in the uh, proper 1940s clothes. So, wow, what a cool experience, Peter! Thank you. Yeah, we that's... just did a we, we just did a photo shoot two two weeks ago on the battleship New Jersey. We did two days of uh, classic pinup with the girls and uh, uh, right in Camden, New Jersey, right across the river from Philadelphia. Um, it's an Iowa class battleship. So it's the biggest ones we ever produced. And, um, I had the girls dressed up in 1940s clothes. They had the proper hair with the victory rolls, not just a victory roll, victory roll, long hair. I mean, it was full hair and makeup as it would have been in 1940s. Again, we're trying to create pinup photo opportunities for these guys where you look at them like, is that the real thing? Like you want to be able to put the two next to each other and, and really have to think about what you're looking at. Is it real or is it? something that we just recently did. And, um, and I, I've known the girls that we had come out for, uh, for years. They're, you know, good spirits and they're not just there to be, you know, pampered like some Hollywood shoot. We work with the people that are, that love to go above and beyond. And it's all about wanting to get the best pictures possible as opposed to just a payday. And it just makes it a much more experience, much better experience for the photographers and just the whole, whole event where everyone can get along, joke along. And it's, you don't have to worry about hurting someone's feeling. We all have the same personalities and have a good time. And Joe, you, get feeling, you get the feeling what we're doing is really boring, Joe. Yes, I do. I'm feeling inadequate. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, 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 I do some landscape photography workshops myself, and I and that's a, that's a whole other animal. That's that's you do have to chase the light. You can't create the scene like you can yeah. with reenactors. You have to work with what nature gets, and that, and that in and of itself is a lot more challenging because you have to work with what nature with what gives. What you're given, yep. Yeah, so and you have to chase it around. You got to chase the light. You got to chase the weather, and so it, it's a whole another animal. And a lot of guys are just not into it. That do my aviation or train shoots. They don't care for the landscape. Yeah, they just, uh, it's just not their thing. Just, um, thing. Th- there is some crossover. Some guys will like to do a little bit of everything. Um, the majority of the train photographers, that's all they do. They just do trains. That's it. So, and that's fine. Um, the landscape guys, they kind of, I think it's about 50, 50 only do landscapes. And then there's a chunk of guys that would do aviation. They just love shooting anything that we come up with. Yeah. So, and again, cause it's a much smaller niche, finding some more guys that are willing to do something like that. And it, because of the investment they got to put into it. I mean, that's, it's a lot. It, I'm I'm humbled and uh, honored that you know guys will trust me with something that could cost two or three thousand dollars for a one or two hour experience. That's a lot of money to put into something in a very short amount of time, and they're trusting me to produce something. And it's I'm honored that they trust me with something like this, and I, I make sure I put in as much energy and and time as I can to prep and make sure it comes off just well because that's what I would want somebody to do for me if I was going to put that much money into something. I found you feel a little pressure to have everything come off correctly. Well, yeah. Okay, again, if I, if I was the other way around, I would want somebody to make sure that they I'm – I'm paying somebody a lot of money. And, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money in life. I mean, I so I understand, you know, the cost of the dollar. And, you know, if I'm going to put that much money into something, I want to make sure the person who's giving me what I paid for at least tried to put as much effort as he possibly could – into you know don't we we signed up for not everybody does that do they john nope nope so peter you know one of the other things we haven't touched on is uh lighthouses you uh mm-hmm. you also have a niche uh running some uh, lighthouse workshops talk about that so, 
so lighthouses are actually one of the first things I got into seriously photographing. Um, you know, the, I uh, got my first start with going on the trip to the World Trade Center and, you know, want to take more pictures. And uh, But I went on a camping trip in 1999 to the Outer Banks and uh, was just starting to use my father's film camera that I started learning on and um, saw a couple of lighthouses and really liked how they looked and the scenery and started doing some more learning about it. And um, never realized how many there are and how many different architectural styles and such. And a couple of guys that were doing my train trips were like, hey, you take nice lighthouse pictures. You should organize a lighthouse trip. I'm like, all right, well, let's let's see what we can come up with. So started chartering uh, fishing boats and um, getting permits with national parks so we could stay after hours to night photography. Uh, then started getting some guys dressed up as a lighthouse keeper. Again, kind of bringing the whole historic aspect of it um got some props and lanterns and before you know it we're putting together little mini you know lighthouse productions such so we'll have a lighthouse and a lighthouse keeper and his wife or we're getting uh historic boats to pose next to lighthouses out in the water we're chartering airplanes we're running drones out it's it it, it evolved into let's let's do what we can with a lighthouse that normally you can't photograph at certain times or places and and it's it's been fun. You know what's an amazing thing that I've found? I think John, John's, John and I have been together on a few of these. You know, if you go, for example, on the Oregon coast, there's a number of lighthouses. And mm-hmm. there's one in particular, like Cape Blanco, that, you know, you yep. get in there and the people that run this place, they, they're kind of, I think they're working for free almost. Um, you know, when they know you're there with a group, they can't do enough for you. You know, mm-hmm. And they want to tell you all about the lighthouse. And, well, it's it, it, it's an amazing thing when you when you take the time to interact with them. They they uh, you know you almost you almost want to say I, I love you to death, but we got to get some photographs here. We, we right. Do, you know. So, but I think what I'm hearing, John, is that what Peter's doing is a little different in that he's he's honing in on the historic aspect of where he goes and offering that value add that, Mm -hmm. that a lot of people, including us, by the way, are overlooking. For sure. For sure. Uh, Yeah, I would agree. And crafting a, crafting a a wonderful experience for the clients, you know, and and that's the thing. It's the, it's the prep. Peter, that that is so impressive to me, all the preparation that you do to to deliver a quality product, which, you know, in any industry in this day and age is getting harder and harder to find, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, you're, you definitely stand out from the crowd in that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It's it's certainly a lot of work, but when it all comes together and the pictures came out great, it was it was well worth it, and it especially with the most recent air to air we did. I there I can't it would be probably put in at least a hundred to hundred and fifty hours of just meetings and research, reading books and just putting it all together just for that two hour flight. And but when we landed it was all high fives and fist pumps and one guy literally threw his wallet at me. He's like, dude, just just sign me up for the next one. Just do it. <laughs> he wanted his wallet back eventually, but it was oh, it was the awesome. joke was like they're 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 willing to put that much money into the next one right off the bat because it, it was it was killer a couple of those guys have been doing the shoots with me for about 10 15 years and they're like that was the best one we've ever done just it was just 
it was just exciting. It wow. was just. But when you see the highlight video, you'll be like, "Okay, yeah, that's I see what he's talking about." Yeah, I'll be sending you my credit card. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, folks, too. Just a just a comment, Peter. Peter, even though he's in Pennsylvania, he works on both the the wrong coast and the west coast. Um, <laughs> and so, because you do trains and lighthouses out here in the west coast as well, right? Yeah, we're we're actually going to be doing a couple of railroads in Oregon in October of 2022, out in uh, Garibaldi and uh, Lebanon. Yeah, um, logging railroads. So they have the old log cars, the old, the old vehicles, old steam engines, and sunrises, sunsets, and a couple spots you can even get the seascape, the sea stacks, and also it's beautiful landscape up there. We usually yeah. go to Oregon for train stuff every three to five years. Well, um, when, when you come out, drop me a note, and I'll uh, I'll come out and say hi. Okay, definitely. Yeah. I heard there's a big steam engine winter deal up in northeastern Oregon. I can't remember the town up there. Sumter. John. Sumter, Sumter, Oregon. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we've run a couple of my own there. And uh, we had a, uh, a temperature wind chill of negative 8 degrees when we were there in 20, when did we go? 2014. Yeah. I did a winter charter there. And, uh, yeah, it was negative eight. It was cold. Yeah. Yep. So well, we, we work with them a number of times. They're good people. You know, we're going to we'll put a nail on this, but I, I want you all, and this isn't, you know, we didn't invite Peter here specifically to sell workshops, and, and that's not the point. It's just that mm-hmm. Peter does some very different things than than normal uh folks do and that 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 piqued our interest and made it a reason that we wanted to get Peter on but you know um, I forget what I was going to say John you know (laughs) I I just think that uh, if you have the time and you want to do something really amazing I mean I want to go this is my you know I mean am I right John I'm going we want to we want to go with you. Um, yeah. Peter, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to include on our show notes here, uh, and again, John will deal with this as he always does so so well. I, I just sit here and talk. John's the brains behind all of this. Um, we'll, we'll put up some show notes with your uh, contact information and some images and, make, and that video for sure. And Well, I'll tell you what, I Anybody wants to deal with this, anybody puts the amount of prep in that you do, I'd be first in line. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. I really do. And, I, and, I, and you, you've been doing this for way longer than I do, and I appreciate you saying that to me. Yeah, well, you know, now I feel like I feel like I'm – man, all, I, all we do, John, is sit there and watch the sun come up, you know. I know. Well, like I said, it, it, it's you guys got to work way harder than I do out in the field. It's trying to create something with what – you can't just add a person in there and make it better. I mean, you have to yeah, yeah. work with it. It's a whole nother animal. And I, you know, you guys are the masters yeah. at it. You know, it's whole another, whole another deal. Well, you know, it, it, it's all, you know, you know, it's all, it's all time and it's all effort. And there's a lot of people looking to get in this business that are thinking it's, 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 it's easy. And it's not, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. And I was, I was a kid that my attendees, like a lot of times I tell them, 
did they all come for free? What what we charge for is everything that goes on prior to the start of the event. So, John, do you have anything else that I'm leaving out? Or? No, other than uh, for those folks that don't visit our webpage, uh, Peter's last name is spelled L-E-R-R-O, and his website is Lero Photography. And I encourage each and every one of you listeners to go out and visit his website. Take a look at, at the That's images cool. that he produces and the events that he produces. Uh, I, I think you'll be amazed. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, Peter, thank you so much. And uh, good luck to you. And, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to come and check things out here one of these days. I, I'd be leaving right now, John, would you? Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. If you'd like to work together on something, I'd be more than happy to you know, talk never, about doing something you, like that. You <laughs> never know. You yep. never know. I've, I've worked with them. I'm, I'm not exclusive. I've, I've worked with a number of other people as well in projects. And what was that for having fun? Good. Well, listen, um, folks, if you have any questions or comments, as always, you can send them to wetalkphoto at gmail.com. Uh, and any suggestions on folks you'd like us to try to corral for a podcast, that'd be great. Um, our podcast is on all the different podcast venues. And please all give us a like. I guess that's what they call it, John, right? It's a yeah, like. It's a like. Or subscribe and do all of that stuff that I hear in all these other podcasts. And thank you all for being here. And I think, John, until next time. We'll I think see that's you. it, Jack. And we'll see you up in the air. Indeed. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Appreciate that talk you guys. Thank you.